Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. kicked us off last week in our foundation series and he spoke about prayer. And I loved his point about prayer being the pursuit of the presence of God. I just thought, for me, that was my highlight kind of takeaway. And that's, that is prayer too, that not only does God give us permission as his creation to come to him, but he longs for that. He longs for that connection and that that we would want to and we would desire to be close to Him. So to seek His presence in prayer, to be close to Him, to hear His voice. You know, prayer is not just all about our voice, it's God's voice back to us and us allowing space in our prayer time for not only us to communicate with God, but for God to communicate with us. And He is a speaking God and He wants to speak to hearts. And even today as we speak about the Word of God, it's my prayer that our hearts would be open to be encouraged, to be enlightened, to be inspired about the truth of God's Word. You know, as Christian, as Christian people, the Word is, well, obviously we're talking about foundations, but it is fundamental to all that we are and to all that we believe. How do you know how to live like a Christian without the Bible? You don't, you, you can't. Without Jesus who became the Word in a flesh form. And all Scripture, the Bible says, is God-breathed. Can we were, this, that verse always reminds me of you when I did Bible college here, like, oh, I don't even know how old I was. I think I just probably left school, so maybe 2001 or something. And I did Bible college here. And actually, I was talking to Ivy about it just, well, last week we went camping. I don't know, the holidays just kind of all roll into one. And we actually had a really nice kind of conversation where you, had witnessed the day before an Islamic family near our... They weren't camping near us, but they were using some of the barbecue facilities. And the gentleman of the family had gone to prayer. It was their prayer time. And Ivy's a very observant person, and she's she's a thinker, and she's a, a mullah. She kind of, without us even knowing, we're obviously cooking ourselves, looking after Rolly and, you know, hunting down kangaroos to pat and all of that trying not to let Ollie be beaten up by the kangaroos because he's trying to get to the mums with the joeys and I thought that kid's about to get his eyes clawed out. So we had to have the lesson about how mums have to protect their babies and you can't, because it had started to growl and I thought, yeah, it's, it's annoyed at us. Anyway, so she's obviously just watching this all unfold and we went to the beach the next day and she said to me something along the lines of, how come the mum and the kids weren't allowed to go and pray with the dad and we just kind of unpacked that and what different religions believe and what we believe as Christian people Um, and I don't want her to have a hatred of other people and you know I want her to have compassion for people and lead people into a knowledge of who Jesus is and that she is so richly blessed to already have that understanding as a 10 year old and so she asked me had I ever been to a mosque I don't know if you remember Ken we went to, in Bible college, we went to that mosque. And so I just started to tell, I don't even know this, no, on my notes, I'm not sure why I'm sharing this, but, oh, that scripture reminds me of you. And so I started telling her about how I went to Bible college and how we visited the mosque. And, you know, it's, it's a completely different way of life and religion to what we believe. 
So it made me think of Ken and this verse that all Scripture is God-breathed reminds me of you, Ken. And it's true. When we read the Word, you need to know that every single word has been inspired by God. It might have been written by the hand of a man, but it was all inspired by the Holy Spirit. It was all revelation given. And like Shanker even messaged yesterday, messaged, he didn't message me yesterday to say this, he preached this last week. It was written in all different languages. So it's been translated for us in English. And what we need to do when we read the Word is we need to investigate it deeper because sometimes our English translation rips us off a little bit of what the context and the the scenario of what it was um, playing out. And obviously not being, well, you might be, I'm not, but Middle Eastern origin ourselves, we miss the cultural context a lot as well. So it's important for us to investigate the Word but trust that it is all God-inspired. And I want to just kind of outline four points about the Bible today. And they're just kind of statements that I thought about that kind of came to me. And I just want to um, go through a couple of them today. So the first one, this is scriptural. Don't just hear the Word, do what it says. What point is there in reading the Word but never doing it? This is our practice, and the practice being the doing word, the verb. This is what we are meant to action. This is what we're meant to live out every day. When you come on a Sunday and you hear the Word of God, it's actually your responsibility to take it away and do something with it. Again, we're not just an audience who comes to listen to a speech. We're not speech givers. You know, you come to hear the Word of God given to a person for your encouragement, but you take it away and say, how can I apply this to my life? How can I live this out? How can I walk this out? How can my neighbour see the Bible in action when they've never actually read the Bible themselves? It should be in me. It should be in the way that I live and function and go about my every day. In James 1, 18 to 25 in the Passion, it says this, God was delighted to give us birth by the truth of his infallible word. And this is what happens when you read the word. It makes you come alive. You are birthed. And it says God was delighted to give us that, to give us this new fresh start from his infallible word so that we would fulfil his chosen destiny for us and become the favourite ones of all his creation. My dearest brothers and sisters, take this to heart. Be quick to listen, but slow to speak. And be slow to become angry, for human anger is never a legitimate tool to promote God's righteous purpose. So this is why we abandon everything morally impure and all forms of wicked conduct. So we leave all of that behind. Instead, with a sensitive spirit, we absorb God's Word, which has been implanted within our nature. For the Word of life has power to continually deliver us. I love this. With a sensitive spirit, with hearts that are open, with spirits that are receptive. We open ourselves to the Word of God and it's life-changing power. You know, God's Word is, this is, this is not obviously God's Word. My Bible app is on there. It's not just a dead book. It's not a fairy tale that you read to your kids at night. It's not a made-up story, but it's alive and it's living and it's active and it has the power to continually deliver us And I know I need that continual deliverance, continual awakening, continual coming alive in His presence. It says, don't just listen to the word of truth and not respond to it, 
for that is the essence of self-deception. And that's so true. We become deceived when we go, I don't need that anymore. I don't need to live that out. That doesn't apply to me anymore. That's outdated. The Word of God is never outdated. It applies to every season, to every generation. It's never gone stale. Now, we bought bread rolls for lunch yesterday. And this morning I thought, oh, I might need to toast one because it had already gone stale overnight. It had already... Beck, if they were the ones from Minto, they would not have gone stale. Beck Velosen gets us the best bread rolls ever. If you need bread roll recommendations, she's your woman. Thanks, Beck. Um, but the Word of God never grows stale. It is fresh bread for your soul. It is fresh revelation every single day. So do not allow yourself to become deceived that you don't need to respond to the Word of God. It says, so always let his word become like poetry written and fulfilled by your life. If you listen to the word and don't live out the message you hear, you become like the person who looks in the mirror of the, of the word to discover the reflection of his face in the beginning. You perceive how God sees you in the mirror of the word, but then you go out and forget your divine origin. But those who set their gaze deeply into the perfecting law of liberty are fascinated by and respond to the truth they hear and they are strengthened by it. They experience God's blessing in all they do. So don't just hear it, do it. Respond to it. Be fascinated and respond to the truth that you hear because you will be strengthened by it. And it will give you blessing after blessing after blessing. The second thing this morning is read for revelation and meditation, not for a checklist requirement. For me, read the Bible in a year doesn't work for me. If it works for you, you need to, you need to do you and that is totally fine. No judgment here. It doesn't work for me because I feel too much pressure to checklist it. Oh, I didn't read it yesterday. Now I'm nine chapters behind. And now all I'm doing is skimming and reading because I want a checklist. Oh, I've done it. Yes, now I'm two days ahead. Yes, I'm beating the Bible. I'm doing it. I'm getting there. I'm conquering it. But that's not what the Word of God is for. It's for revelation and meditation. It would be, if you feel the pressure of the one-year Bible and you already think, my goodness, it's already the 14th of January. I'm two weeks behind it would be better for you to read one passage of Scripture for the next year and study it and study it and study it and allow the revelation of God's Word to open your eyes and open your heart and transform you from the inside out than to go, I read through the whole Bible this year. In Psalm 119, 130 to 131, it says, Break open your word within me until revelation light shines out. Those with open hearts are given insight into your plans. I open my mouth and inhale the word of God because I crave the revelation of your commands. And I pray that that would be our hearts today, that we would crave to read our Bibles, that we would crave to spend time in His word that when we're driving our cars, that the meditation of our hearts would be pondering on the words of God that we've, that we've read. When situations face us in our families, in our workplaces, in the community, that the Word of God responds within us 
that's not for me because this is what the Word of God says. No, God's Word says this. No, this is what God has promised me. This is the truth. And that should be our, our understanding as Christians people that God's Word is the ultimate truth. It is the plumb line for us of everything that we do and everything that we believe. You know, but we first have to take in the Word of God. It's a little bit like a capsule. If you take medication, you take a capsule and you ingest it, it's only broken open once it hits your stomach, I think. I don't know, I'm not a pharmacist, but that sounds about right. (laughs) Unless you actually ingest it, it's not going to do a whole lot for you. But once it's ingested, it says here, like, break open your word within me until revelation light shines out. If you need revelation about something in your life, if you need answers or a confirmation about something in your life, as you read your Bible, ask the Holy Spirit to jump off the page. Ask the Holy Spirit to bring you wisdom and insight to break open that revelation light. Because once that medication is in you, once that capsule opens and that medication is released into your life, that's where the healing flows. That's where the change begins to happen. So as a church Allow it to be our prayer that we would crave to ingest the Word of God without pressure, without legalism, without you must do this, you must do that. If it's one passage for the rest of the year, then may it bless you and transform you and completely change you. Number three this morning, allow the Word, not the world, to shape your worldview. You know, the Bible tells us to lean not on our own understanding. I know that my understanding is flawed. I know that it doesn't match God's and it never will. I know I don't see beginning from end. And I know that my understanding is tainted by the world, that I cannot rely upon it, that I cannot lean upon it, that I actually need the Word of God to shape how I see the world. Because sometimes it's difficult as Christian people, we live very much today in a society and in a world where Christian viewpoint is not treated very highly anymore. And it's so easy for us to become, without reading the Word of God, without knowing what we believe, to become sympathetic to that viewpoint and to have our minds... Corrupted is the only word that's coming to me. It sounds a bit harsh, but it it is what actually happens to us. Corrupted by the thinking of the world because we, we start to go, oh, it is a bit harsh, isn't it? It is a bit unfair. Oh, I don't know if it is right, actually. And as we move further and further and further away from what the Word says, our hearts actually grow cold to what the Word of God says. But when we read it, we then view the world with God's compassion because God is not spiteful. He does not hate. He is love personified. He is the purest form of love and kindness and goodness. And so we trust that His ways and His thoughts are higher than ours. And we lean on His understanding and we lean on the world to shape what we think about the world. In John 17, 17 to 18, it says, Make them holy, consecrated with the truth. Your word is consecrating truth. In the same way that you gave me a mission in the world, I give them a mission in the world. 
I'm consecrating myself for their sakes. So they'll they'll be truth consecrated in their mission. You know, we have a mission to our world. Each and every one of us has an assignment to the world around us. But we first need to be consecrated and baptised in the Word of God so that we can fulfil that mission within the world with God's purpose, with God's plan, with God's heartbeat for the world. So allow the Bible to dictate what you think. You know, even even as I was preparing this message, I had these, I don't know, thoughts, I guess, from the enemy. And it was like, like even when you make a statement, like let the Word of God dictate what you think, people go, oh, you shouldn't let anything dictate the way you think. You should have a free mind. You shouldn't allow people to tell you what to think. And yes, we shouldn't necessarily allow people to tell us what we think, but we need to shrug off the accusation from the enemy that this is not good for us as Christian people. This is good for us to follow the Word of God because it is the ultimate truth. And this is the, this is the place that leads us to freedom, ultimate spiritual freedom. So we shrug off everything that tries to put a heavy on us that this is wrong or this is not the right thing for us to do as a Christian because it is. And the last point this morning is believe it wholeheartedly, but questions are also okay. Um, Dan and I were talking about it last night and he was saying that he read somewhere this week that children ask approximately 250 questions a day. And if you live with our three-year-old, you'd probably go, it's about 2,500 questions a day. But children ask questions to broaden their understanding about how everything works. You know, so can I do this? No. Why? Because, or, you know, can I have a lolly now? No. Why? Because it's nearly dinner time. Why? Because it's six o'clock. Why? Because the sun's going down. Why? It's the question after question to try and grapple with What's the answer to this question? But as adults, the study revealed that we only ask about 20 questions per day. Why? I don't know. We feel like we've made it. We Google them. We don't ask them anymore. We just ask Google what's going on in our lives. But God encourages us to be childlike, to come with questions. You are not a bad person. You are not a bad Christian if you ask questions of God and His Word. And you will find yourself in seasons where you will come at God with why. But why? And God might be gracious enough to give you a couple of answers to kind of, you know, appease the question within your heart. But I know for me, after I've given Ollie enough explanations, my answer will be, because I said so. And sometimes that's God's answer to us as well, because I've said so. And we need to have enough strength and grit and courage within our own hearts to go, okay, I don't understand it all. And maybe I never will. And maybe you will reveal things to me as time goes on. And you're not threatened by my humanity or my desire to need to know and to broaden my understanding. So the questions are okay. But in the end, the questions will not overcome my belief that your word is truth. I will not allow 
my conviction that your word is true, to be overcome with the questions and the emotions and the scenarios and the situations. You know, when God came to Abram and gave him a word that he would become a father and a father of many nations, Sarah in particular became very impatient with God and impatient with the timing of God's word. And you and I are guilty of the same thing. We read a promise in the word and we cling to it. And we ask God, when, when you've given me a promise, I've believed, I've stood on your word, when is it happening? And Sarah was convinced that it was not gonna happen. She was looking at the natural circumstances of her life and saying, I'm 99. There is no way that this is ever going to happen. So she, and we were talking about this again last night, this is just so odd. She gives her maidservant to her husband, which was culturally okay at the time if you were a barren woman and you couldn't conceive a child and you had a maidservant. You could offer the maidservant to your husband if they had a child together and you were happy with the child that they produced. You could then take that child as, I guess, adopted pretty much into your own family and that child would no longer belong to the maidservant. It would belong to you and your husband. So she becomes impatient with the Word of God. She becomes impatient with the timing. She becomes so caught up in the questions of why and when and how. How, God, are you actually going to make this happen? I am old and I am barren and I can't see naturally a way forward. And Hagar has a baby called Ishmael. And lots of you will know the story of Ishmael and how the Christian world still fights with Ishmael still today, the birth of Islam. And out of this impatience, out of this, I want to force the hand of God into my own timing. I've got so many questions about when will God fulfil His Word to me? That they try to force the hand of God and do it all within their own timing, do it all within their own strength. And the whole thing goes pear-shaped. You know, you and I can do the same with God. It's really, really difficult at times to hold on to the Word of God. In seasons where you find yourself in the middle ground, God has said this in His Word, but I find myself completely at the opposite spectrum and it doesn't marry up. And you look at your situation and go, how can the Word of God be true if God has said that, but I'm actually living or the outcome of my life is that? And so you find yourself in this middle ground. And I want to encourage anyone today who finds themselves in the middle ground that your questions are okay, but hold on to the truth. Hold on that God's Word is true that He is not a liar, that He will not go back on His Word, that He might not deliver it in the way that you have conjured up in your mind that He should deliver it, but God will come through for you. God's Word is true. If you can do nothing else, you hold on with white knuckles to the belief and you it's the reminder to self. Yes, I have questions. I can't work it all out. I don't know what God's doing but I trust Him. And the Word is a massive trust exercise. And people might go, gosh, you're silly for doing that. You're silly for trusting in that. But as Christians, we believe 
that our trust in God will not fail us, that our trust in God will not disappoint us. It will not leave us short, but God will come through on His promises. Hendo, I might get you to come up this morning. And why don't you just close your eyes in His presence. And I'm going to pray for us this morning. And I'm going to pray that we would deeply crave the Word of God. That we wouldn't just hear the Word, but we would do what it says. That we would read His Word for revelation and meditation, not just for a checklist requirement. And that we would allow His Word and not the world to shape our worldview. And that we would believe the Word wholeheartedly, even when there's questions. You know what I love about the end, we read this in Romans. It says, Abraham believed and it was credited to him as righteousness. And I read that and go, did he believe every single day? Maybe not. Did he have doubts within his heart? Probably. Did he wonder at times, is God actually gonna, did I, did I not hear properly that God was gonna give me a child and make me the father of many nations? And God still honours his faith and God still credited to him as righteousness. Do not allow guilt to come upon your heart that you've questioned God that you've questioned His Word. We've all done it. We've all wondered. But come back to it this morning, to a conviction within your own heart and your own spirit that God's Word is true. It always has been and it always will be that every promise is yes and amen, that every word is inspired by the Holy Spirit that it's still alive, it's still active, it's still speaking. It still has the power to transform us and to change us. It still speaks in broad daylight and it still speaks in the dead of night. That every word that came from God and comes from God will accomplish everything that it's set out to achieve. It will not return to Him void. That Jesus gives us the example of how to live this Christian life. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au.